0: podcasts from the cat voices and sounds from crew and nantwich you're listening to business brunch and on today's show we're talking to an entrepreneur taking his first steps in the world of business four months ago after all the anxious moments and detailed planning he started trading with his wife rachel through their limited company bear Gistics limited today on business brunch we're really pleased to welcome david burke david welcome to business brunch
1: yeah, welcome. How, how's everything doing? I hope
0: you're doing well. Well, we're good. We're good here. Thank you. David, before starting Bear Gistics, Um Limited, you, you worked in Dubai, Saudi Arabia and Bahrain, mainly involved in marine support. So uh, tell us about your work in the Middle East and, and what made you decide to return to the UK and start your own business?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, we were over there. We were working in mainly in the oil and gas and, and energy sector as the, as the Middle East is primarily an oil and gas market. We were handling everything from crew changes through to vessel handling, rig clearances, uh, site support, um, vessel handling, logistics, uh, and everything in between. We worked in between the three places you mentioned, and we also got involved, which was quite exciting, into the events arena as well. So we're handling rock concerts in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Uh, we were handling general logistics and freight forwarding, and um, we got uh, we got to look at different areas of the market. And we really saw that the changes were so happening so fast with the e-commerce side um, that really that was where we as a, as, a, as a family unit and as a business should be looking towards and that's really when we decided to come back to the UK. Um, one sort of funny story I always tell people of the Middle East was we handled the events for the world famous or certainly Arab famous camel shows and these were held every year in Saudi and the trade value of these shows was, was up to three to four hundred million sterling and the winner of the camel show was never the most valuable camel it was always the most beautiful <laughs> that certainly gave uh, gave rise to the phrase that the beauty is in the eye of the beholder on that one
0: <laughs> absolutely um you couldn't be any more right uh, but just going back to the work you were doing in um in in the middle east you were asked to go out there by the companies you work for in in the uk um, that's right yeah so i was i was sort of working
1: in manchester and and i got the chance to move first to dubai and head up the the freight forwarding business that uh, at the time the business had there, uh, and then I got the chance to, with a promotion to to move to Saudi and and run the entire company, uh, and then latterly into Bahrain where we we stayed for a couple of years before we moved back yeah.
0: So you gained huge experience and, and terrific uh, transferable skills in during that time.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, with with that sort of expat life, you you do get more of a uh, An exposure, if you like, to the inner workings, for example, of the UK government, because you're always dealing with the Foreign Office. Yeah, you have trade events with the with the ambassadors, so you you get that understanding as well as the business cycle. And because of the developing markets, you you get to be involved from day one when products, <clears throat> services, or new businesses come to town. And especially in Dubai, where it's a uh, showcase for the world in a lot of aspects you really got the chance to to see new <coughs> fledgling ideas coming through and it was it was always exciting and always something different every day never never two days the same
0: so after how many years were you over there uh just under 10 years in total
1: we were overseas yeah
0: so after 10 years in the Middle East, um, I mean that's a long time in that climate I, I would imagine. <laughs> it's, take, well, it takes some it, getting it used I mean, to. The,
1: the, the poor kids coming back, I mean luckily we came back to the UK in July so the, the weather was nice but the, the past couple of weeks they've uh, been quizzically looking at me and asking why they don't have very many coats or jumpers.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So David, uh, moving into self-employment from a secured job is a huge decision and, uh, and a big step into the unknown. So tell us how you manage that transition into self-employment. Yeah, well, I mean, we've always
1: um, been kind of self-starting and, and because of the, the moves around, you, you become very self-sufficient in life. So for me on the business side, it's always been very much a, a self-driven of, of where I'm going, what we're doing, how we're handling things. So becoming self-employed was was not as scary as, as you would think coming from a corporate background of 20 years or so. So we were very quickly able to, to establish what we wanted to do, a very clear message. What we're looking to do is really bring our experience to the table here and, and help local businesses uh, crack that export market. And we're bringing all the 40 plus years experience of, of the logistics industry to people locally. They have my number and, and our email addresses, and and they can pick my brains on on any aspect of it. Yeah.
0: So after all that time, as you say, in corporate management, uh, presumably, even though you had support, your organisational skills would be particularly good.
1: Yes, I mean, as the business is 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 starting and growing, I mean, it's it's obviously very apparent that uh, my wife has the admin skills, and and I'm more on the commercial side, which is great, and and we we always kind of knew that ourselves. Um, but yeah, of course, uh, having a lot of time spent on on HR courses when you're not really managing a, a massive workforce anymore is, is is of course a bit redundant. Um, so a lot of those soft skills we're, we're transferring just into client relationships now.
0: So talk us through some of the business planning that is absolutely essential before you before you launch a new business.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, we, we wanted to get the name right. So so the Bear Logistics name actually came from, from our daughter. So we wanted to have something that expressed what we did, which is logistics. Uh, and we've always had kind of the name The Bears as a, as a nickname. So <laughs> literally combined the two and, and, and my daughter takes the credit for that one. So we wanted to have a good sort of brand name and, and something that was something that when people see it and the logo, it would just sort of smile and and stay in the memory. You know, uh, we we, we didn't have a a fortune to spend on that side, but we just wanted something that would stick. Uh, Having done that, we just wanted something now where we have a a very clear message. So what we're trying to do is is offer people options and solutions on their logistics business and support when they're uh, opening that door to the international market. And that's what we can do. We've got so many contacts overseas that we can help people. And, and of course, having been involved with the the British Business Association in Saudi, we've helped probably 20 to 30 startups from the UK um, crack into what is arguably the hardest uh, market to break into with all the red tape and regulations of the Middle East. So that's where we wanted to go. And, and of course, we don't just focus on the Middle East, but if people do have a, a particular New start or a new business there, then then of course we can we can pass on the expertise there, uh, and really we wanted to be offering people a more um, consultative sale rather than just a, a hard pressure sale.
0: But obviously, before you start a business, you need to you need to have um, your financials in place and, and know where you're going and how much that will require to keep you afloat whilst you're generating your, your cash flow. So just give us an overview of the planning, a rough guide as to how to write a business yeah. plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was really interesting because normally in in that kind of corporate world I've been in, when I've been doing investment plans and, and business cases, you know, this this is for 10, 20, 30, 40 million dollars of investment I'm requiring from from a, a board to to start a new business plan. So, you know, I obviously have those models in mind, so we, but of course what we're doing now is is, is incredibly low key and, and much smaller. So really what we did is we just mapped out from the client first, uh, who would our clients be, where would they be, what would they be doing? Um, are we sure our services can match them? Yes. Um, And then from there, we looked at, um, again, with that type of client in mind, which is SMEs. um, We're looking then to see how many of those guys we really need to be contacting per week and how many we need to be uh, working with and supporting. Um, And then we just drew that back to to sort of the finite numbers then. So we know we need X number of clients per month generating Y revenue uh, and we're fine. You know, we're not looking here to to become uh, creating a monster business we're, we're looking for something here that's uh, that's going to give us a a nice lifestyle and
0: and and help us with the the children's education it's nothing massive today we're talking to david burke from Bergistics in tarpoli uh, david because of the internet and mon- modern technology uh, we live in an age of, of the global market so share with us how you've maximized the benefits of using advancements in mo- modern technology to um to help start and grow your business
1: yeah well you're exactly right with with what's happening the world is is a village now um the, the days of of people sort of doing immediate shopping and purchasing online uh you know, in, on high streets very much very much gone now unless it's really specific items they're looking for or high-end products so for us what we're really looking to do is, is tag in on, on a lot of the social media presence now. So you, you you and your listeners might have seen that a lot of stuff on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, eBay, Twitter, Amazon uh, are all preceded with these hashtags. Um, and for example, talking about logistics and e-commerce, if you look on Instagram, there there is sort of e-commerce Manchester, e-commerce Cheshire. And within those fields are companies that are sen- selling products online, um, who are really our target market because what we have is, is the ability to to give them an, an online solution for all their deliveries and, and courier shipments globally to and from the UK. Um, and nowadays, I remember being field sales guy at Manchester airport when I was 18 years old and, and you had to door knock and go through yellow pages for, you, for your customer base. Um, now really, if you have a very good online presence, uh, people are coming to you. and uh, People are using those hashtags strap lines, keywords in Google search engines. It's um, It really is incredibly different to for, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago of, of how business used to be. So we're really heavily online and, and using social media. LinkedIn for networking, which is fantastic. Uh, always tell local businesses to get a presence on there and, and individual presence and just network like mad. Um, the amount of business and referrals you get through there is, is incredible. So the, the social media world has changed general business forever, I think.
0: So MS Teams and uh, and Zoom, which were probably unknown to a lot of businesses before coronavirus, uh, that's something you use as a, a day-to-day tool, is it?
1: Yeah, five or six calls a day on, on those those formats for sure. Um, WhatsApp as well is, is another one where people are using it for quick pricing. Um, you'll have, in the old days, you would have had a phone call of, can you give me a, a price for X? I need it in five minutes. Um, now you'll you'll just have a, a flurry of WhatsApp messages um, and you people are leaving voice notes on it, not even using it for calling. Um, it's really, really, really different now. I mean, you, you, I'm sat there with a laptop an ipad and an iphone and and you're going through multi-channel social media um and then emails whereas before it would be email first uh, i remember the telex days it would be those those methods first and then any sort of other platforms now it's it's completely changed it's the social media that's driving business now
0: okay your business is defined as a logistics company However, th- this covers a multitude of different services uh, and a varied client base. So share with us some of the main services that's, that are on offer at this time.
1: Yeah, so, so we have um, the access to, to all the major courier companies through our portal, which gives people the ability to uh, instantly review and check pricing and, and also look at how they're managing their supply chain. So as of today, we've, we've got the second lockdown in England coming. So by the end of this week, people will be in the houses unless they're in exceptional businesses. Uh, for those guys, what we can do is, is we can offer a solution where people can have products from offices, state supplies, documents, etc., cetera, all curried around, uh, all done online um, without the need for, if you like, human interaction on that process. Um, the, the other services, of course, are your generic sea freight, so the container pricing container services, which are heavily volatile at the moment, because we've just had the uh, the golden week in China. We've also had the enormous instability of the US elections. So American corporations are not buying right now. So there's blank sailings from, from the Chinese ports, for example, which means that container ships that said they were going are now not. The volatility in the logistics and supply chain sector is Unprecedented in a peacetime. I mean, I've seen it in, in sort of Middle East Gulf wars, yes, but but not in peacetime. It's so volatile. Uh, and air freight, of course. So people people know they can't travel on holiday. The vast majority of, of, of air freight cargo is taken on passenger planes. And if there's no passenger planes, there's no space. So, again, uh, many clients um, we're speaking to and just saying, we'll give you a price today. But that price might change tonight. Tomorrow morning, you know tomorrow evening, it's it's a very volatile period we're in. So what we're trying to do is is explain that to people. So if you like our kind of point of differences, again, we're giving that experience. So local companies that are sourcing abroad or selling abroad, you know we're giving you the, that experience and that heads up to help you with your pricing. that there might be volatility, there might be price changes. So we're trying to give all those options and, and in terms of client base, it really varies. I mean, we have online uh, Instagram e-commerce clients who are selling products uh, nationwide and internationally. We have um, companies involved in the oil and gas sector. We have companies involved in the packaging sector. Uh, we have companies in general manufacturing and healthcare. So it's incredibly varied who, who our client base is, um, such as the, the nature of the of the logistics industry, really.
0: And if you've got um, a break in the supply chain because uh, a shipment isn't leaving as planned, how how do you help help a, a customer overcome these issues? Yeah, well, that, that's again
1: kind of a bit of our USP as well, where we we're managing all these shipments from from A to B. You know, we're we're looking at these and all the possible issues. We had a client who provides. Um, PPE equipment and in China uh, a lot of the courier companies were were banned by the central government from exporting these so we'd got wind of this so we advised the client that we should stop that particular shipment going that way and in the end we sent that shipment by air freight and yes there was a, a price increase of course however the product landed and was delivered one day after the courier shipment would have been however we found out that that uh, government ruling came into force and all those shipments were stopped going on a courier movement. So we were able to help that client by using market intelligence at a very, very high level and feeding that information back and preparing for worst-case scenarios at each time because that's, that's the market we're in right now. We, we unfortunately have to think worst-case just to be prepared.
0: This is a podcast from The Cat. Today we're talking to David Burke from Bergistics in Tarpoli. Uh, David, d- defining your ideal customer and target market is critically important when starting a business, and I know we've touched on it earlier. However, signing your first customer has to be the most difficult task because you're doing it without a track record. So tell us how you overcame these difficulties and signed your first few customers.
1: Yeah well you're exactly right it's it's always the old adage that the the first is the hardest the hundredth is the easiest and and that's really how it's been um what we've been doing is like you mentioned we've we've started completely from scratch uh, in an industry where people really go off recommendations and that's how referrals in our industry work, people that are happy with a provider would then uh, use the, their voice to explain that to other people and, and the businesses would grow. So for us, what we've had to do is is come in, use the Beargistics uh, sort of logo and name to to kind of open that door a little. And then from there, once we're speaking to people and seeing what they want to do, we can kind of relay some experiences and, and uh, methods where we've done things a bit differently than, than others and um, to gain a, a confidence and then of course then we go to a trial and such. wood everything works well and, th- and then we can sign the customers up so for us it's been very much a case of of using that consultancy cell um, breeding confidence um offering to sort of hold hands and and particularly looking at a lot of companies that haven't done a big volume of, of exporting before and um, and really getting involved with that that side of the business and, and the client base to to push for the SMEs.
0: And again, we we, we have spoken about your skill set, but what would you say were the most important transferable skills that you've brought to the business?
1: Yeah, really, I, th- I think it's it's the experience is number one, and, and of course the the fact that. Again, we've been very lucky to be quite hands-on in some of the larger scale projects that, that, that I've commercially sold and delivered overseas. So bringing those in, into the table here when, when we're speaking to people locally is, is great. Also the fact that um, you know, for the past 10 years of my life, it's it's, it's been quite difficult to have um, general conversations with a lot of clients because we, we've obviously had the language barrier as well. So it's just been great to come back to the u k and 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 have uh just chats with people it's It's almost like meeting old friends, you know it's it's a lot of the companies I remember back in back in the past, and we've been chatting to them, speaking to them and you know for us it's 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 a case of really showing people we genuinely care about what you're doing if if you're selling nuts and bolts to america um that might not seem the mo- the most attractive business in the world, but for us it's great you know this is what we've, we've been doing 24 7 for 20 years each so for us it's great we we really want to be involved in your business help you help how you're doing things and, and of course if we can save you money at the bottom line even better it, it makes it a win-win especially in these in these uh, difficult economic times as well.
0: And again we we have touched on uh, the fact that logistics covers a wide remit of services and includes shipping overseas. So and that's an area that you want to develop. So explain how you start to develop that uh, and and what makes it attractive to you as a service.
1: Yeah, well for us it's great. I mean again, you know, I've, I've been lucky as well with with travel from the Middle East. I've, I've spent a lot of time in Asia and North America and in Africa and you know made in the UK is is such a huge thing you know British products are are really highly in demand uh, all over the world so for us when we when we see a company that's a fledgling company just trying to start exporting you know I think that's fantastic and I I love to get involved with companies like that I had the great pleasure of doing it in Saudi uh, on the other side where companies were, were selling into Saudi for the first time and it was fantastic and we would help them with the documents, how to market, how to uh, speak to the guys locally, some of the uh, the do's and don'ts, the traditions. Um, and coming back to the UK now, we, we see so many amazing products that obviously we hadn't seen from living abroad. Um, and we're just sort of speaking to people to say, hey, you know, you, you the Americans would love this. The, the Canadians would love this. The, you know, really trying to see how people can, can start exporting and of course for us, as a business that's great because you know once we we deal with somebody from from day one then hopefully that'll be a a lifetime connection we we're, we're here for long term business relationships uh, this isn't a, a, a 5 minute thing this is something that we we want to do until we're re- retirement age so for us getting involved from day one with people is exactly how we want to do it um, and you know we we really genuinely enjoy doing it it's, it's not a it's not a job you know it's it's, it's a vocation now.
0: you're listening to business brunch, and today we're talking to David Burke from Begistics uh, David, you've started or you've chosen to start a business in the middle of a global pandemic uh with um trading conditions changing frequently. So tell us how you plan for the current circumstances. Yes,
1: well, it's, it's going to sound strange, but, but I guess history shows you during sort of depressions and recessions that, that businesses that start solidly in them are, are often the ones that end up growing when they end. So for us, having understood that e-commerce was really the way to go forward, having seen what's happened not just in the UK, but around the world with the lockdowns and the rise of the e-commerce industry and businesses, it just seemed actually the perfect moment to do it. As, as, as sort of crazy as that sounds, so we've we've really looked at this, and you know already we can see with the working from home and you know the the sad case of, of people being made redundant and losing their jobs. That, that a lot of people are changing into creating and designing their own products, and of course then they need a, a delivery solution to take those to their clients, uh, and that's where we're really coming in and, and where we're supporting fledgling businesses and of course existing businesses and and larger businesses that that require a bit of a a different option than they've had before. So for us, it's actually been almost a a perfect storm, if that makes sense, of conditions economically and and socially that have created this um, demand and increasing requirement for e-commerce delivery solutions.
0: So there are a, a lot of uh, logistics companies in, involved in home deliveries now. What, what would make you different from, from those companies?
1: Yeah, really, the fact that uh, we, we offer uh, different options for each delivery as well. So we always try and offer four or five different ways of doing uh, the deliveries. We also have a, a UK-based, um client manager team and we have the customer service of, as ourselves and we bring again our experience ideas and 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 love of the job really to to each shipment as well so we're a bit different in terms of being a you know a kind of a faceless e-commerce platform we we do have a face and we do have a brand behind us as Bergistics that that we want to convey to people and with that kind of confidence i mean our, our strap line is you're in safe pause so, <laughs> so, so we, we're looking to really uh, push that every every client touch point we do where we want to have that um safety and stability to our clients and they know that when they when they trust us yeah, we will deliver for sure
0: okay now you've you've only been in business four months um it uh, must feel like a lifetime I know because, um, because of the pressures involved when you first start a business. But you've got some great ideas to move the business forward. So uh, share with us what you've planned for the, for the next 12 months.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you're right, it does feel longer than four months, for sure. So what we're trying to do now is, is really look at the services we're doing, again, see how we can increase and uh, tailor them even more for the UK market. We're looking to increase the social network uh, platforms and the engagements we have within them. And we're also looking to create this consultancy cell program a bit more as well. So we're trying to create some online Zoom meetings that we've done through LinkedIn, where local businesses can join in our, our meetings and we kind of go through different ways of, of looking to export abroad. We've done some work with the, um, the UK trade office and, and the team Team GB export part of the government where we're going to get involved and, and help companies that uh, are domestic focused now but are looking to go international. So we're going to try and offer those solutions to, to everyone as well with us being so, so local here. Of course any of the, the listeners involved can, can reach to us and, and we can help them and, and look to give them advice as well and we're going to try and continue these uh, Zoom and team calls um, and, and sort of spread a bit more into into Cheshire and Greater Manchester as well to, to help companies that are, are looking to start exporting. So we're, we're going to try and do some different things, keep that focus on the social media platforms because the, the e-commerce connections are just incredible and, and growing hourly, you can say. So we're just going to keep going with what we're doing and increase and try and do some different uh, meetings and, and pull some new people into the, the sphere of of shipping abroad as well.
0: From what I understand, the the UK government is um, has got a really really good level of support for businesses that intend to export. So, how do you plug into that?
1: Yeah, they do. It's incredible, really. I mean, down from local chamber of commerce, through to um, I think there's a there's a Northwest platform as well, and then there's the uh, the Great North development that's happening now, where companies. In the north of England are, are given uh, grants and exposure to international markets. There's the, the China British Business Council, there's, there's the Friends of the USA, there's many of these different uh, aspects running and, and the UK government has been excellent in how they're trying to focus people on that exporting mindset and, and with what's happening is after the pandemic and, and you have uh, Brexit and everything else then then of course the UK should really focus itself as a, as a world leading trading nation again and i think that's the focus that they're looking to do and, and of course we want to be part of that and we will help any any local companies get involved in that as well
0: well that's good to hear and uh, here at the cat we we wish you well with your endeavor and we uh, from what you've told us um, it sounds like you have a very exciting time ahead developing the business So, uh, David, tell us how our listeners might uh, find more information about BearGistics.
1: Yeah, sure. So we're we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter as as BearGistics. They can come on there. They'll find me as as David Burke on on LinkedIn. And we have the website of uh, beargistics.co.uk. Any questions or messages are are more than welcome. and, And we'll get back to you as soon as we can.
0: David, thanks very much for coming on the cat today.
1: Thank you, this was great, thanks a lot. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.